Well, hey, this is week two of a series called Jesus. Just simply say to Jesus. And what we're doing is we're going through different aspects of who Jesus is and how that applies to us. As I said last week, that if Jesus never came, then we're in trouble. So don't, and don't ever argue with somebody that doesn't believe that Jesus is the way. Let them experience that Jesus is the way. By the end of tonight, just this one single truth that I'm going to show you ought to be enough in our lives to convince us that he's wonderful beyond description. So I know you're taking notes, and I don't know if I put this on um, the note part, but this, the subtitle of tonight's is Jesus is beautiful. Jesus is beautiful. So you might have noticed in our hot spots, we talked about shame and, and beauty and, and, and worth. And so we're going to talk about Jesus being beautiful. So your first villain, Jesus became shame so I could become beautiful in the sight of my father. And, and forgive me, guys, for making bringing us in on the word beautiful. And the reason I think that it's important for us to realize that even guys, that we have beauty is because too many of us live with a shadow of shame over us that we don't think that we have any beauty when it comes to life and it comes to before the Lord. But I want to show you before the end of tonight that right now, as you sit there, you are a beautiful shameless creation of the living God because of what Jesus did. Now, propitiation, there's many different uh, definitions for propitiation, but for the sake of tonight, I want us to, to look at propitiation. And when we talk about Jesus is that it is take, to take the place of judgment against our sin. So when we talk about Jesus and being a propitiation, that means that he stood in our place. That means that everything that we fail at, and this is a little recap of last week, everything that we fail at, Jesus fully took on all of it so we could live in what he provided. All right, so let's keep going. So Jesus took the place, which I kind of jumped ahead. Jesus took the place of everything that separated me from God. So let's talk about ourselves, whatever yours might be. If you deal with pride, if you deal with lust, if you deal with anger, if you deal with uncertainty, if you deal with poor self-worth, whatever it is that you, that you deal with, Jesus took the place of that. So let's just take um, shame, for example, that the enemy would want you to think that you have to live in shame that you have to live in the weight and the pressure and uh, the hell, the living hell of shame. You don't have to live in shame. But Jonathan, you don't know what I did. Listen, a, pro a propitiation means it stood in your place. Did anybody, let me, and this will help you. Did anybody in this place, well, let me start with this. Who is saved in this place? You've invited Jesus. Okay, good. So, if you're saved, that means that you went to hell. Who went to hell in this place? You might live like you're in hell. No, I'm just kidding. No, nobody went to hell. Let me, full stop. Your faith has been developed to a point that you believe that with salvation came that your final destination is eternity with the Lord. 
Therefore, you will never have to go to hell. Why would you never have to go to hell? Because Jesus took your place in hell and because he took your place in hell, you would never end there. But as a matter of fact, you would jump over the judgment of hell and step into the provision of Jesus into eternity. This is the same analogy that happens with every single part of our humanity. Every single part. Let's talk about, go back to shame. If you live in shame, Jesus bore your shame. Because he bore your shame, then you live in wholeness. Am I helping anybody? Let's just take another one. If you live in lust, Jesus bore the weight of lust Therefore, you live in his purity. Now, now, I know everybody's like, I don't know. Well, wait a minute, let's go back to. If you're born again, you don't have to go to hell. Because you don't have to go to hell, you spend eternity. Because Jesus went to hell for you, then you spend eternity with the Lord. Every, everything else works the same way. Is this helping anybody? Why? Because you're next feeling. You were designed to live in the full love of God because of Jesus. If you're taking this in one of your fill-ins, God is not surprised with what you do wrong. He's not surprised. Why is he not surprised? Because he made a way where the full payment of what you did wrong went on Jesus and your original intent came into play, you were designed to live in love. Can I prove it to you? Hebrews 1.8. But as to the son, the father says to him, your throne, Jesus, is forever and ever. And the scepter, this is the father talking to the son, to Jesus, God talking to Jesus. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of absolute righteousness. Next verse. You have loved righteously, righteousness, you have delighted in integrity, and you have hated lawlessness and injustice. Therefore, God, even your God, has anointed you with the oil of exalted joy and gladness above and beyond your companions. Now, I want to show you something. Because we can all agree that Jesus is full on good. Pure, righteous, never sin. And we can all full agree that we are not. We can all agree on that. But wait, some exchange happened when Jesus came to this planet. Watch this, your next villain. Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy and gladness. Now, why would Jesus who was last week we said was all human, but all God. Why would Jesus need to be anointed with joy and gladness if he already was all human and all, was all, human and all God? Why in the world would he need to be anointed with joy and gladness? He would need to be, this is in the filling, he would need to be anointed with joy and gladness because he not only stood in your place when it came to sin and shame, but he also stood in your place when it came to favor and righteousness and oil and gladness, joy and gladness. Is this, is this, this amazing? Can I give you just a, just a wonderful, just awesome thing about this? And it's all free. <laughs> That's amazing. And it's all free. Romans eight eleven says this, 
And if the Son, Spirit of the Him who raised you from the, raised up Jesus from the dead, dwells in really, really holy church people, then He... Let me read that again. And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in somebody other than you because you don't quite match up. Is that what this says? No, what does it say? If the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also, watch this, I should have highlighted this, restore your short-lived bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. Why in the world would you need an indwelling of the Spirit? Is this just like, like you're out on the lake and you're wearing just a, say, a life preserve? I got the Holy Spirit, so I float. That's what a lot of people think. I'm floating. <laughs> I got the Holy Spirit, I float. Don't take the Holy Spirit off me, I don't want to drown. No, I mean, it does make you float. The Holy Spirit is an awesome. You know why you have the Spirit of God? Do you know why you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you? Because it is a down payment of what Jesus paid for you. Take it the next step. Jesus paid not just for salvation, even though that is amazing. Jesus not only paid for salvation, but he paid for you. I'm jumping ahead. He paid for you lived in joy. He paid for you to live in gladness. He paid for you to live in wholeness. He paid for you to live in peace. Wow, oh wow. Now, what would it be if some, I always use cars because I love cars. What would it be if some very, very wealthy man came in here and said, Jonathan, man, I just, I think you're an awesome guy. And I went over here to Bruce Lowry. Every time I pass a Chevrolet dealership, I look at all the Corvettes and say, Lord, I just want one. I just want one. And a wealthy man comes in here and says, Jonathan, I want you to know that I, I went over there, Bruce Lowry. I knew that you wanted a white one with black and red leather seats in it, and, and, uh, and, and I, I paid for it. Go, just go pick it up. How stupid would it be for me to weeks and months? Yeah, you knew, boys, you know what I'm talking about. I'd be saying, service dismissed. <laughs> I'm going to pick it up. Because it would take me zero time to end up at that dealership and pick up what was paid already for, for me. And it would be stupid, and people would think that I lost my mind if I wasted any time getting to Bruce Lowry to pick up my car. And how many believers look at what Jesus has paid for and refuse to get into it because they don't think that they're worthy? Oh, we're going somewhere with this. We got to pick this up. Our lives, let's fill these in quickly. Our lives were full of, number one, pain. Number two, disappointment. Number three, shame, hurt, and insecurity. Now, these are just things that our lives were filled with. I'm, I'm emptying this basket so we can fill it back up. That our lives were filled with all of this. But watch what happens. Isaiah 53, 6. So I'll give them a second to fill these in. Go back there so they can fill it in. Pain, disappointment, shame, hurt, insecurity. Fill those in. I still see people writing, so I want to make sure. And you can just put maybe something that was on this list that you deal with. It all works the same way. So watch this in Isaiah. Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray, 
and we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has made to light upon Jesus the guilt and the iniquity of who? All of us. Let me break that. I don't have time to break. Go back, I'll go back to six. I'm sorry. All we as sheep have gone astray. God already knew the condition that we would be in. He already knew our humanity. And each one of us turned away. But what happened? The Lord had made to light upon him. That means that, the, that God took everything that we just listed over there. And here's what he did. He went to where Jesus was and he laid it on him. But wait a minute, wait a minute. If what was on me is now on Jesus, then why would I be worried about what is now around him? Oh, keep going, keep going. Verse seven, he was oppressed, yet when he was afflicted, he was, a, yet when he was afflicted, he was submissive and opened not his mouth like a lamb that was led to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearer is dumb, he opened not his mouth. What was, he was oppressed and he was afflicted. Now let's go back to, have you been oppressed? If you've been oppressed, Jesus already paid for your oppression. Have you been afflicted? If you've been afflicted, Jesus already paid for your affliction. So if he already paid for oppression and affliction, then what has been bought for you is the antithesis of oppression and affliction, which would be liberty and wholeness. Come full circle. So what are we supposed to live in? I have the full benefits of a paid in full liberty because Jesus was made beautiful. I have been made beautiful. So I live in what he lives in. I don't have to live in oppression and affliction. I can live in wholeness. Oh, is this helping somebody? Why was Jesus submissive to something he did not do? This is interesting. Why would Jesus take on affliction and oppression if he was righteous in every way? Look at your next villain. Because he him, by himself took on the full weight of everything we have ever done and gone through. Wait, 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 wait. If he took on the full weight of everything that we have ever gone through, then why in the Sam Hill am I not living in all the other things he's provided? I'm asking me, why am I not living in the beauty that he has provided if he took the full weight of everything I've ever had to deal with? Watch, watch Hebrews 12 too. Oh, this is good and good. Look at your neighbor and say, he's about, he's about to rev up and then he's gonna shut it down. He, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and it, despising ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's go back up here. He, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. I have never seen a video reenactment of the cross that Jesus was skipping to the cross. <laughs> I'm getting nailed to the cross today. I've never seen it. <laughs> so it wasn't, <laughs> he went up there, ouchie, 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 ouchie. The, the joy was not the event of the cross. 
You ready for this? The joy was that the cross would break every single chain and power that was on his father's children. That's why he endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame. Jesus took the full penalty of sin, the full weight of sin. And why did he take the full weight of sin? Because then if he took the full weight, then there was nothing left to be put on you. Oh, I'm getting excited about this. I don't even know what to do with myself. I'm so excited and I can't hide it. I'm about to lose control and I think I like it. Uh, How then are we supposed to live? How then are we supposed to live? Your next feeling, a way has been made for us to live like Jesus. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not talking about that we claim perfection and we walk around saying, I'm Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this, that. Let's go back to the fill-in before. Go into the fill-in for just a second. How then are we supposed to live? We are supposed to live that. Go to the next one again. That we are supposed to live in a way, a way has been made for us to live like Jesus. So if it's all been moved off of him, then we stand with all of it moved off on us, but wait, 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 wait. Then every, can I go back to that he's been anointed with joy and gladness? Guess what that means? Raise your hand in the air and wave it like a little church lady. Yes, you have been anointed with the same, the same thing. How do you, and here's the thing, your next villain, how, this is the answer, how do you see yourself. Isaiah 61, three says this, how do you see yourself? To grant for those who mourn, to give them an ornament of beauty instead of ashes, an oil of, who was anointed with joy and gladness? Just somebody appease me. Tell me who was anointed with joy and gladness? You can't be wrong on this. You're like, it's like preschool. Jesus, yes, that's right. Who is anointed with joy and gladness? Jesus, that's right. What does this say right here? That to grant those who mourn, I wish I had the time to show you all of Isaiah 61, to give them an ornament of beauty instead of what? Ashes. To give them the oil of joy instead of what? Mourning. The last one, to clo- uh, to the clothing of praise instead of a heavy burden, uh, heavy burden spirit. Here it is, full stop. Wrap this thing up and put a pretty bow on it. That if he lives in joy, if he lives in hope, if he lives in security, if he lives in gladness, then I was designed and, and meant to live in the same thing that he lives in. <laughs> Somebody help me. Because, Je- because of Jesus, we were designed to live. Is anybody a design person in here? You're designed. I was designed to have a bald head. I was designed to have incredibly good looks. I was designed to... Why is that funny? So if we were designed, let's talk about if we were designed, to live away, how are we designed to live? First fill in. I was designed to live 
in overwhelming joy. Can I ask you something? Who in the world goes to a cross with joy? Jesus does. How in the world does someone go to a cross with joy? Jesus did because he knew what it was going to provide from, by his father. How, how are we designed to live? To live in the same joy that he went through the roughest part of anything that he would ever endure, and he went through with joy. So why, 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 why? So you could go through anything in life and go through it with joy. You, what else were you designed to go through? You were designed to live in indescribable peace. You were designed to live in unfathomable love. This, is, you, this, this stuff you got to just get soaked in on. You just got to let it marinate in you. you. Can I help you with something? Look at this next villain. You were made to love yourself. There's the catcher. We would all agree that Jesus was beautiful, but would we necessarily agree that we were made beautiful too? I'll answer it for you, yes. You were designed to love yourself. You were made to be pleased with yourself. You think it's any coincidence that so many people deal with how they feel about themselves to such high proportions because the enemy knows that if you ever figure out that you were designed to love yourself and love everything that Jesus made, if he is beautiful, then guess what, darling? I'm beautiful. This isn't denial. This isn't mind over matter. This is truth and spirit reality. That if he's beautiful, then guess what? I'm beautiful too. I double, double dog dare y'all to walk out. I would say, I'm beautiful. Tonight, when you walk out, say, I'm beautiful. You'll walk a different way. Maybe not creepy like I just did, but you'll walk a whole different way when you know that you've been made beautiful. Jesus took all of your shame and sin so you would live in full acceptance by his father. Jonathan, you don't know what I've done. I don't have to. It's already been paid for. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, says this, For all of us, as with unveiled faces, continue to behold the word of God as in a mirror. When you looked in the mirror today, did you see somebody else? Because that would be really creepy. Every single one of us that looked in the mirror today, we saw ourselves. Is that, does everybody agree? That we look in a mirror in the word of God, the glory of the Lord are constantly being what? Transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to the another, for this comes to the Lord who is the Spirit. Let me just tell you this real quickly, that when you look in the mirror of the Spirit of who Jesus is, the Word of God says right here in 2 Corinthians that you can claim that as you look in the mirror of the Word of God through the Spirit, that God is in the... Uh, he is transfiguring you into the image, the same, very same image as the image of Jesus. Let me go a full step further, that as far as God is concerned, sitting in heaven right now, that he sees you in the same light that he sees Jesus. 
It's not his, it's not, there's no, uh, there's no gap with him. It's on our side. <laughs> that we have to start seeing ourselves as in the image of Jesus. Wait a minute, what do you mean, Jonathan, that when we start seeing ourselves in the image of Jesus, then we start seeing our lives beautiful? I gotta go quick. Taylor, would you come on down, please? Don't worry, I love this, I love, the Lord gave this to me. Don't worry about the ruin of your life. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the ruin of your life. Jesus took the ruin of your life so it would be a building block for his glory. Some of y'all look at me like, you have lost your mind. I hope so. <laughs> Jesus took, am I helping anybody with this? Jesus took, Go back to that one. Jesus took the ruin of my life and he would make the ruin of my life, the unusable parts of my life, and make those unusable parts the building blocks of his glory on me. God will take every situation that was meant to destroy you and make it an opportunity for him to flood you with his love. What is God up to in my life through Jesus? I want to show you what he's up to right now. He is making everything new for his use. That's a typo right there. And new and for. New and for his use. What's happening right now? You in the light of the glory of God through the word of God are being made new. Can I prove it to you? Revelations 21.5. I love this verse. And Jesus, who is seated on the throne, said, See, I make all things new. <laughs> made new? I don't feel new. I feel like I'm getting worse. No, you're in the process of being made new. And if you ever wondered, go to Revelation 21, 5, where Jesus is sitting on the throne. You're going to argue with Jesus? You're going to go in the throne and argue? <laughs> You're not going to go in the throne and argue? You go in the throne, what are you doing, Jesus? He says, see, I make all things new. What's, what are you doing right now? See, <laughs> I make all things new. How does he make all things new? Psalm 32, 7 says, you are a hiding place for me. You, Lord, preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs and shouts of deliverance. I asked Maddie and Nolan to help me really quickly. Come on down, guys, really quickly. Nolan, just stay to the side real quick. Maddie, I want you to sit in this chair. As a matter of fact, I want you to sit up here. Y'all give Maddie a hand, isn't she precious? Now there is no doubt that this young lady is precious, wonderful in every way. And just for the sake of the illustration, I'll be the word of God. So Nolan, you're gonna come on around and you can stand right over on the other side of Maddie. And for the sake of uh, illustration, you're gonna be the devil. Not a hard, far, far stretch, no, I'm just kidding. So here's what happens, here's what happens. For the sake of the illustration, this is you. Precious in his sight. 
And Nolan would represent everything that would be coming against what's in your life. And according to the word of God, he said, you're gonna find me to be a hiding place. And as a hiding place, the word of God says that he stands over us singing and shouting songs of deliverance. For the sake of the illustration, he's looking at the enemy and says, I dare you to say something about her. Now, you don't see this in the spirit. You don't necessarily always feel this in the spirit. But according to the truth of the word, well, this is on paper. According to the truth of the word of God, that he stands over our lives. I'm going to show you something in two seconds here that's going to rock our world. He stands over our lives singing and shouting songs of deliverance because the deliverance was saying everything that you meant for her, I'm going to reverse it through Jesus. You ready for this? The word of God just said right there. Can you put it back up behind me? The word of God just says right there that he shouts it. scared about 30 people in here. Why in the world would he shout it? I'm going to tell you why. Because he's going to make sure that everything that he says over you is what you want to outshot shout God. I want to, I want to, you try it. He shouts it because he's going to make sure that everything that might be being said over you, that he has authority and he's over the volume of everything that's being said over you. So he's just not saying, give me your best shot. He's going, give it your best shot. I challenge you to, and that's what God is saying over you right now, that he's shouting over you. I've redeemed him. I've called him by name. They're mine through the blood of my son and shouting at the enemy. You can't have him. Guys, y'all give him a hand. Thank you for, thank Nolan for letting me shout at him. It's just like I had him in class last year. That's what I did all eighth period, shouted at him. Now, what are you underneath? The same thing. Why? Because Jesus is beautiful. And if he is beautiful, then he makes you beautiful too. And it doesn't matter if it's the enemy trying to convince you that you're not beautiful or if it's you yourself. He continues to shout songs of deliverance over you. I have a feeling that there's going to be a time in eternity that God's going to invite you over to his house into his media room <laughs> he's going to come sit down next to me come, he's going to say come sit bless you he's going to say come down sit down next to me sit down sit down right here you. You, want a, you want a Dr. Pepper we'll get you a Dr. Pepper okay. watch this watch watch this he'll hit you on your leg watch this time here you go here, he's going to hit you on the shoulder watch this time and he's going to replay for you 
all the times that he was shouting deliverance over you, that there were things that the enemy was trying to play his, not his best card, but his last card. And he was trying to play his last card with you. And every time he tried to throw that card out there, the breath, I wish I could show you this in scripture, the breath and the force of God's voice took that card and flipped it right back at him because the voice of his presence and his goodness was so much stronger than any assignment on your life that this shouting and songs of deliverance and Zephaniah it says he dances over us. I don't want to illustrate that, just kind of imagine. Hmm. Now why would we have any other reason than to not live in the beauty of who Jesus is? Every head bow, every eye closed. Is anybody in this place tonight, you've never invited Jesus to be the Lord of your life? We don't wanna go another step further without giving you that opportunity. If that's you, I wanna pray with you right where you sit. All I want you to do right now is raise your hand and say, Jonathan, I need that prayer before I go any further. I need that prayer. Any hands up wanting to receive Jesus? Here's the next call. Jonathan, my heart is away from the Lord. If that's you, I wanna pray for you right where you sit. And all of us, maybe at some time or another, have been at that place where our heart wasn't where it should be. And you'd like for me to pray with you right where you sit. Would you raise your hand where I can see it and then you can put it right back down. <clears throat> Let's all pray this prayer of dedication. Just say it out loud. Lord Jesus, thank you for being my redeemer. Thank you for placing me where you've been with God. Thank you for making all things new. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Makes all things new. Bow your heads one more time. Who in this house, and I'm, not, I'm gonna pray with you right where you're at again, you're dealing with shame. Just raise your hand and you can put it right back down. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Just one more moment, you're dealing with shame. Anybody else? Thank you. Receive wholeness right now. 
Receive joy right now. Receive love right now. Security right now, oh, blessing right now. Make all things new. You make all things new. I just believe right now over every hand that went up, there's about 10 hands that went up, that you're going to walk out of this place tonight with a different nature. That everywhere that the enemy tried to put shame on you, I believe that Jesus himself is replacing it with the oil of joy and gladness. Just receive that right now. Every place that the enemy has tried to put shame on you, it's being replaced right now the oil of joy and gladness. Because Jesus is beautiful, you're beautiful too. Just receive that right now. it in the spirit just a second ago and I even heard it <laughs> I don't know that I've ever heard something in the spirit but I heard it in my spirit and it was just the snapping that over over I'm believing it's over every single person that raised their hand just a, a snapping and, the, and, the, and I heard it and then the Lord gave me the illustration my brothers were digging in Sheila's yard um, our sister's yard the other day and they were putting in a deck and when they were digging with a pick they came across a charter cable line that was just barely, I mean, it was just barely underneath the surface. And so it was dark out there. And so Robert and Richard were hitting it and they thought it was a root. And so because they were trying to put posts in, they were hitting it with a, with a shovel. And because it was a cable line, Richard said, we're hitting it thinking it's a root, a tree root. And when we hit that cable line, it busted and it, and it recoiled. So, it was, you know, it was a charter cable line, so it's going through the ground. And when he said, we, when we separated it, it just recoiled and went back. And of course, about an hour later, I mean, they didn't know it was a charter. They just thought, what in the world was that that just snapped on us? Well, about an hour later, the, in the front yard of Sheila's house, these blinking lights of the charter cable people out there <laughs> saying, Ever, you just knocked out the whole street behind you. All their charter cable just got knocked out. <laughs> And the Lord showed me that, that for those of you that were dealing with shame, the Spirit of the Lord just snapped that cable. And, it, and you can just hear that sound, that tong. And when that charter cable was snapped, it knocked out the service for every single person that was connected to that. They no longer had anything that was connected to that. The same thing happened in the Spirit. That cable of shame, the Holy Spirit snapped it and everything connected to that shame was separated and recoiled. 
I'm going to just believe that over you. Amen? Amen.